On today's episode of the Bolts Broadcast, could this be the weirdest playoff series in NHL history? Be tuned. Season 3, episode 61 of the Bolts broadcast. Mike Mitchelson and Chase Croshaw with you today. Chase, how are you? I'm doing decent overall. Could be better, could be worse. Sitting here trying to recover from surgery and recording this podcast in the middle of my living room very uncomfortably. How are you? I am doing all right. You know, uh, I would expect a little bit better than you um, and a little bit shocked because Coming back from the bachelor party, was feeling a little hungover this morning, but at this point, I'm feeling, you know, completely normal. So I'm uh, expect uh, feeling a little bit better than expected, I should say. Yeah, no, that's that's solid to hear for for sure. Um, you know, I didn't know what to expect for for you for that bachelor party. You know, I, I know you kind of didn't also didn't know what to expect. So glad that you came out alive. Yeah, it, it was it was one that I was unsure of because it's with my buddy and then basically all of his friends. I don't I didn't know any of his friends coming into it, and uh, it turned out okay. Uh, there was a couple of times where I sat on my phone for a, a little a little long, um, like I think they were playing Mario Kart or something, and I wanted to play Beer Die and then hop in the pool, um, but they preferred Mario Kart, so I'm like, all right, I'm fine with that. I'll just sit on my phone for like two hours because we didn't have enough controllers and everything. So, um, but other than times like that, it went up, it went pretty well. So glad to hear. Yeah, not too bad, but on today's episode of the bulls broadcast, of course, got to be talking about the playoff series between the Tampa Bay lightning and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, kind of a, a weird series. And we'll talk about that as we continue on. Currently game four is going on right now. It is, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Sunday night. So the first period is over. We're up three to nothing. You love to see that. And we'll talk about why we started off so hot in game four after we go through games two and three. So, Chase, we'll start on Wednesday. This was a game that you and I weren't able to cover because uh, we recorded on Tuesday. You were having your surgery Wednesday. So, couldn't look at this one, but it was a nice rebound because we did not look good in game one. Game two, we come back, we get an answer. Yeah, you know, I would say that we definitely looked better in this game, um, especially when you're comparing to what we put out there on Monday. But yeah, no, it was a good effort where we were kind of really the better team the whole way through. Um, Toronto got a couple of late goals to make the game seem a little bit closer and kind of make it look like they're fighting their way back in. But it was 5-1, to one, you know, with less than half the third period left until Toronto got a couple. But, yeah, Tampa looked good overall. There's really, you know, no complaints in the game. It was good to see. Good to see Victor Hedman, Corey Perry, Kucherov, Brandon Hagel, Brandon Point, those guys getting on the scoreboard, guys that you kind of, you know, would hope would step up a little more, which they didn't really do in game one. So it was good to see him step up game two. Yeah, and it was really nice to see the power play actually do something going three for seven on Wednesday night's game. We talked about it in the first game. The power play was absolutely brutal to the point of we couldn't score a goal on the power play. The Maple Leafs were able to score more on our power play than we were. 
we took dumb penalties at the end, and it was just overall a bad experience in game one. So coming into game two, seeing the power play actually click a little bit, uh, really nice sign to see. Then we move over to Friday night's game, and while it, it again, just doesn't really work out for Tampa. It, it was a repeat of game one. It, they, again, did not look very good. Toronto looked like the better team, but at the end of the day, it just it was just a lack of defensive effort. It really felt like to me by Tampa. Just it didn't really feel like they were doing much. How about Vasilevsky? Didn't really feel like they were, you know, playing their game in their own zone. And then when it came to the offensive chances, nothing was just really kind of bouncing their way. Nothing was being generated. It was just literally like I felt like a repeat of game one. So it was a little scary to see. But you know, seeing how they you know rebounded on Wednesday, you kind of felt a little more optimistic going into Game Four than you did going into Game Two. Yeah, and now that we know it is a three nothing game in Game Four, it's feeling really good. And that's kind of where I bring up the fact that this is kind of a weird series because we've got two really good teams, teams that you know were top their division, uh, the second and the third seed in their division, but of course a great division and. Stars just loaded across the lineup for each team. I think it's a little bit weird because first game was just dominance by the Maple Leafs. The second game, Tampa easily looked like the better team. Third game, Toronto again looked great. And now we start off with a 3 nothing lead. I think at one point, shots were 8-2. to two. Tampa was uh, doing really well. Maple Leafs had a little bit of a surge towards the end of the first, but... Uh, again, this one just feels like all the bounces are going our way. So it's kind of weird to see games just so one-sided, but going back and forth. Yeah, it, it just it keeps flip-flopping. So, you know, obviously, as we're talking about going back and forth, just alternating games, games one and three went to Toronto, games two and four went to Tampa. So that's fine. That, that can happen throughout the series. Just up until game seven where, you know, it, it, we need to have two in a row good ones because if, if you can alternate, you know, good game four, then a bad game five, good game six, and a 3-3 series going, you know, in the, in the game seven, all bets are off, things are different. So if it really is going to continue to be this way, which it just feels like it is, it mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, it just, that's just how these series go. You just got to hope that they can kind of break that spell in game seven. Yeah, and of course, there's still 40 minutes left in game four, so... Knock on wood a little bit there. Oh, absolutely. Uh, hopefully everything continues to play out as it has through the first. Uh, Love seeing seeing Steven Stamkos get on the board. And then uh, Pierre-Edward Bellamar and Pat Maroon able to get some goals too. Pat Maroon showing off a little bit of skill there, uh, getting Jack Campbell down on the ground and going around him. Yeah, it was a really nice effort on that play. Maroon just getting in, you know, getting in tight, getting in close to the net, which is where he does you know, very well, he, he's a good agitating type of player. And he's got some solid hands with his uh, roller hockey background. So once he got you know, in tight, close in front, he was able to make a nice move. And it reminds me that you know Pat Maroon, great player for the Tampa Bay Lightning. His mom, Patty Maroon, uh, a follower of the Bolts broadcast. So we just want to give a quick shout out to all the mothers out there listening. Uh, happy Mother's Day. Happy belated, of course, uh, as this comes out. And, you know... Without moms, we couldn't do anything in this world. I know your mom helped you set up uh, the podcast area after your surgery, and uh, my mom, you know, does everything for me. So I absolutely <laughs> love moms. Yeah, I, I gotta agree with you one hundred percent on this one. 
couldn't do anything without them. But uh, that's going to do it for our first half of the show. We're going to go to a quick commercial break. But on the other side, we're going to look at some other series around the league. Uh, going to be talking about the officials in Boston. And then, of course, talk about some other player news from around the league. So we will be right back. Hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on, and the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets, no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Shout out to our friends over at DraftKings. Thanks so much for sponsoring the show. Of course, but not I- shout out to the Toronto Maple Leafs as I'm cutting you off because I don't like what they just did to Anthony Sorelli. They, they're, they're bullying him. They're being very mean. Sorry. Oh, Okay. I, don't know, I don't know if you have the game on while, while, while we're recording or not, but I've got it on two TVs. Um, one's delayed by like 10 seconds just because I've got to switch it off this one. But anyway, Sorelli uh, was just kind of going in on it. Was, it was like kind of two, two on one, two on two type of play. And then the whoever the Toronto defenseman was didn't notice, went down to kind of block his shot and just took him out. And he went like he was like on his like neck, just slamming into the boards. It was a little, a little spooky. Ah, yeah, I, I can't really see, you know, the the TV outside the studio, kind of a hard angle yeah. to keep an eye on. So uh, it is on. I'll be able to see for sure if there's a goal scored, but uh, to see 100% of the action, it's kind of tough with the angle it's at, but uh, definitely yeah, I, don't like to hear that. No, I just, I don't know how, why that's not, not a trip because he makes makes the play, the puck hits the defender skate, that's fine. But at the end of the day, the defender took out Sorelli in a vulnerable position where he very well could have gotten hurt. Thank God he didn't. But uh, I'm just a little rattled that there wasn't a call. Yeah, I was going to ask there if Sorelli's good. So uh, it's nice to see that he got up and he is uh, feeling good. So hopefully the game goes a little bit safer from here on out and the Tampa Bay Lightning is still able to take it home. But, Jace, let's talk about some other series around the league. Where do you want to start? Do you want to start in the East? Do you want to start in the West? What are you thinking? Yeah, let's start in the East. Might as well. We're already here. All right, well, let's talk about that Carolina-Boston series first, why don't we? So this was one where, you know, the first two games, I Carolina was looking real good. And now Boston, they've found a, a little bit of a bounce back with Brad Marchand putting up five points in this most recent game today. Series is now tied 2-2. Two to two. Yeah, and they, they, they looked good in this game, that's for sure. The, the Canes, they looked solid. You know, Antiranta found a play back in the net today after Peter Kochetkov ended up starting a few. And uh, you're going to want to turn into your TV. Make sure to be looking out for that. But um, that, that, that's for you, Mike. Thank but, you. And, yes. <laughs> Any, anyway, um, yeah, no, the, the Bruins have looked a lot better in these last couple of games and really putting up a good fight, making for a hell of a series. It's been very entertaining. Even though our Tampa series has been a little disappointing with our losses, I think that – 
Um, this Lightning series is probably been my favorite one so far. But if I had to do a second, I, I got to say it's this Boston-Carolina series. Yeah, I, I really like watching Carolina and how they play. And the fact that Boston's been able to bounce back and – Brad Marchand, of all people, even though I don't like him, him coming out and having such a huge game uh, is exciting. It's really good for the series. Yeah, I agree. It's really incredible what he's doing. It as, as he just keeps getting older and just keeps getting better. So it really is incredible, and it, it just. What he does for that team, it, it's really unmatched by almost anybody else in the league. Yeah, well, we're talking about a little bit older guys, a little older players, so let's continue with that topic with the Pittsburgh Penguins. We know Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Chris Latane, the bloodline that runs through the Pittsburgh team. They currently lead 2-1 over the Vesna favorite Igor Shosturkin and his New York Rangers. This has also been a super entertaining series. Uh, Shosturkin has a tough one last night, ends up getting pulled. And the Rangers, uh, you know, make a good fighting effort to try to come back and win the game. But um, that has also been a super entertaining series. So maybe I guess after I'm thinking about it, maybe I think this one's a little more entertaining than Boston, Carolina. But nonetheless, it's been some pretty good hockey, especially in the East so far. Uh, that that series, Shostakovich played relatively well, in the, except for really the last game. And I really won't really put it on him. He just kind of just got put in unfortunate situations, didn't really get much help. And New York kind of struggled. But Pittsburgh's looking pretty good. Game four is at home. You know they, they have the two one series lead. They they could be in a position where they could uh, put New York in you know a really bad spot if they can come come up with a win here. Game four on Monday, but it's been pretty entertaining so far. I, I've really got no complaints yet from this playoffs. Yeah, and my five game New York prediction already out the window with Pittsburgh getting two uh, games in in hand already. But yeah. uh, I think the one thing that really separated Pittsburgh in that third game is the first two games the Rangers started with a lead. They came out hot, and Pittsburgh had to retaliate. Even though Pittsburgh looks oftentimes like the better team on ice, they were always down. Game three, they come out hot, and they get the early lead. I think at, I think at one point they're up 3 nothing or something like that, and then yeah. New York had to respond. Uh, they eventually do. I think it, they made it 4-4, four to four, but then Pittsburgh kind of ran away with it to make it a 7-4 victory for them. So, uh, that's one thing I'm keeping an eye on when it goes to game four is, is Pittsburgh going to keep the pressure on like they did in game three, come out hot, or do they got to fight back again? And uh, right now, from fighting from down under, the Penguins are one and one. So, Yes, sir. Uh, Washington and the Florida Panthers. This is a series I was kind of hoping for a little bit more out of. Uh, I feel like out of the four series we have here, this is probably the least exciting out of the East. Yeah, it's kind of Florida Panthers' fault. I, I was kind of hoping they were going to put on a little more of a show, but instead of Washington, it's up 2-1, to one, and it's not because Washington has been like super exciting to watch. They've just kind of played better as Florida's kind of underwhelmed. And I talked about this before uh, during the season. I, I, I don't know if it was actually on the podcast or if it was just a conversation you and I had, but I kind of felt like they were starting to make too many moves and like there was just being too many roster changes. And it, it very well could be the case. You want to bolster up at the deadline the best that you can. But if you bring in too many guys, you make too many changes, it, it changes up, you know, the chemistry in the room. It changes up line chemistry. It changes up those types of things. And that could be what's happening with the Florida Panthers. I don't know. It's it's still a 2-1 series. They still got, you know, up to four more games to, to come back and win this. Um, I, I, I'm not counting them out by any means. I would still think that if I had been on one team to win in that series, it would be the Panthers because they're just a better team. But Washington has definitely held their own a little more than I thought. Yeah, and the Panthers came out and said, we're just looking to be us in this game four. And I'm, I just, 
don't know if that's an excuse or if the Panthers actually tried to do something different coming into the series. Like, you're the number one seed. You won the President's Trophy. Why would you try to change it up for your first-round matchup? Yeah, that, that's that's a problem that some coaches do, especially inexperienced coaches. You're going to want to watch your TV again, Mike. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> it's something they, they see inexperienced coaches do going into playoffs is they make changes, and you don't need to make changes. If it worked for you for 82 games, then what's the point of changing it? Stick with what worked. Yeah, I agree. Well, just in case you guys couldn't tell uh, – Currently five nothing for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Five five nothing. <laughs> yeah. It's still still four for me, but uh, it's gonna tick over here. I'm very soon. I'm sure. So uh, nice little start to the second. Uh, we talked about the great start to the first, and now five nothing. Uh, is Jack Campbell pulled at this point? He's still in the night as of right now. I got to imagine that he's gonna be pulled here after this one. Yeah. Um. It's taking they're taking a little bit of time to drop the puck. So I don't know. They haven't showed who's in that yet. So maybe he's still back there. Nope. Jack Campbell's still back there. Okay. Which he's played terrible in this series. I, I know I got to shut out game one, but he's played terrible other than that. He does not look good. Yeah, that's a uh, a goalie that we're giving a lot of praise around that December January mark, talking about how this is a guy who's been really under the radar, a very good goaltender over the last couple of years. And after we do that, he starts to just falter and towards the end of the regular season he wasn't playing great and now this series you see the same well i I knew that we were gonna be playing them so i was setting up the jinx pretty early oh okay that's smart that's that's five head right there my guy that's like 11 head that's fair all right well let's now talk about the other side of the bracket we got the west uh why don't we start with the series that is going exactly how we expect it and that's colorado and nashville three nothing nashville it was nice that you even tried all right, next up we got. <laughs> yeah, but, but, uh, but really, there's nothing, what else is there to say? Connor Ingram, he's he's playing hard, you know, when, when he's had to go and net, but like it, it's just two completely different teams. Even with you know, we might as well mention it here. Um, Darcy Camper took a stick to the eye very aggressively, ended up getting pushed back like by the stick through his eye, like a good three four feet into his net. So. He definitely, um, you know, it was a very scary moment. But from what I heard, he's okay, so that's good to hear. Mm-hmm. But even with him not playing, it, it, it still didn't matter. Frank Hughes played played well, and they just couldn't compete. Yeah, absolutely. Let's not talk about the Wild and the Blues. This was one where the Blues got the early lead. The Wild come back with two straight. And now the Blues tie it up with a 5-2 victory on Sunday night. Yeah, and, you know, I, I was hoping this one was going to go a little bit better than it has so far for the wild. At least it's two to two and it, you know, they, they've still got fighting chance. But I was hoping that the wild can maybe have a three, one lead here at this point. Cause that's a team that I definitely am rooting for, but St. Louis is playing well. Um, Jordan Bennington got his first playoff win in his last 10 starts. So he went ahead at a nine stretch going into this one. Um, so he, he's obviously struggled a little bit, but they had um Huso playing at first playing relatively well, but it was definitely time for a change as he let up a few, uh, two week ones. So it's, it's been a solid series. Um, not something that's been like overly entertaining in my opinion, but it's, it, it's been good. Um, you know, it, I like seeing the guys in Minnesota, like the Caprizovs go out there and play, but it's not been a, like some sort of world breaking series for me. I agree. And Matthew Boldy gets his first ever playoff goal in the NHL. So congratulations, congratulations to him. Uh, uh, another young, bright player they got over there in Minnesota. And I, I don't know if you noticed, by the way, though, um, the Maple Leafs are absolutely falling apart because we, that fifth goal was scored on the five on three. And then like 30 seconds after it was scored, they um, 
took a double minor for a high stick to I don't know I don't remember who it was too. I was kinda kinda missed it. I think it might have been Nick Paul, but he was just leaking. So now they had to kill that five and three again and now they still have three and a half minutes left on the power play. Yeah, this one, uh I mean I I don't wanna say it. You know, I don't want to d- jinx anything, but uh, I think I think you know where this is going. So uh, it's going to yeah. be very exciting to now just come down to a three-game oh, series. Oh, that's and, soft. We got a three-game Sorry. 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 That's tough. But uh, you know how it goes when you go uh, 2-2 in a series. It's just a reset. So you're down to three games, and whoever wins two is going to be victorious. So let's hope that that can be the Tampa Bay Lightning. Chase, let's go down to the last two series we've yet to cover. That's between Dallas and Calgary, Edmonton, and the LA Kings. I don't really know what to say about these two. I guess we'll start with Edmonton, LA, because I feel like this one might be over now. Like, LA showed some fight in the first game. But they really haven't had any answers over the last two. Yeah, I mean, LA was able to squeak out a win based off of effort. After that, it, it's just been all Edmonton. I, like, it, it's really, it's really not even a series. I, I don't think LA has a chance to even like only lose by a goal at this point. I think the next two, two games are going to lose by two, three, four goals. Like, I, I think it's that over. And now we're looking like assholes because LA just pulled off a crazy seven to four victory on Sunday night. Oh, imagine. Imagine. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I think it'll be a, a safe 3-1 after tonight. But, uh, yeah, I, I'd like L.A. to win. But the lack of answers they've had really scares me. Uh, Calgary and Dallas, though, this is one I was really pulling for Calgary. It's not really worked out in their favor up to this point. Um, Dallas up 2-1. They had a big win yesterday, 4-2. Like, I'm just worried for Calgary. It might be the same old Flames. Yeah, it's weird. It's been a really low-scoring series. I mean, there was two, one, like, like was there two goals scored the first two games, right? They were both one-nothing games, weren't they? Um, but anyway, nonetheless, it doesn't matter. J- Jake Andres played well for Dallas, and the guys that for Calgary that you hope would be scoring, you know, Matthew Kuchuk, uh, Johnny Gaudreau, Elias Lindholm, like the they're you know they're playing okay, but they're not really. I mean, I should I should not say Kachuk is playing. Kachuk's playing terrible, but like Gaudreau and you know Lindholm, they're playing okay, but just not doing enough. Uh, fun fact of the day: Matthew Kachuk has six points through nineteen career playoff games, so he mm. is clearly someone that you think, oh, oh he, he's built for the playoffs. He is not built for the playoffs. He's struggling. He gets too sucked into the game. He tries drawing penalties. You know, they're they're trying to push at the end of the game to score a goal, try to get back in the game, and he's too busy trying to you know do stuff in front of the net. So he he gets sucked into the heat of the moment too often, and it's pretty clear in these playoffs so far. So that's not good for Calgary, a team that I was hoping for um, to have a little bit of success. We could see a good battle of Alberta, but right now it, it just looks like Dallas is going to squeak this one out. Yeah, and for three through three games, I should say Calgary has three goals, Dallas has yeah. six goals. So yeah. when it's two goals, four per game and one goal, four per game, that's not exactly a series that super entices me. So that's yeah. not one I've kept an eye on, even though I am pulling for Calgary. It's just at this point, it's getting hard to watch. I agree. All right. Well, that is the little peek at what other series are doing at the moment. Let's go back out to Boston. Chase, talk about the officials. Yeah, and I, I I meant to mention this like actually in the um, series like review or whatever, but kind of just kind of forgot, slipped my mind. So in in this same game, I want to say it was game two, maybe it was game three. I don't know. Regardless, um, so two officials in Boston. One was um like one was the actual on ice official got taken out by the ice crew. The, the the ice crew was just pushing the trash bucket right into the dude and just trucked him over. It's like how the hell does that happen? 
So that one was, was a little funny, lighthearted, got up just fine. The second one that was a little more scary was it was after a Boston goals, uh, Pasternak scored to make it three nothing, I believe, and fans were pounding on the glass by the penalty box, and sure enough, the glass came out, ended up falling on the um, penalty box attendant, the guy who was also the commercial TV timeout coordinator, and it knocked him out cold, and they had to end up stretching him off. Uh, you know, a little bit scary situation, and really, I, I don't understand. I, I'm not a big glass banger by any means. I, I, I don't really understand the reason to do it. It doesn't really get in guys' heads like fans think they do, especially banging on the glass in the penalty box when there's nobody in the penalty box. Like yeah. after they score, so they're just banging on it there, and it just falls on the guy and, and hurts him. Like it's 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 not going to do anything to, to help anybody's case here. Like I, I'm not a big fan of this. It's probably time that the NHL starts cracking down on this and starts kicking people out of arenas for banging on glass. And when I look back on the video, obviously hoping and praying for the absolute best for. Um, the penalty box um, attendant. Uh, but, like, when you're looking at the video, he saw the glass was coming down. He kind of, uh, you know, covered up a little bit. And so I thought nothing would have happened. And then I heard he got stretchered. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, the video does not do it justice, I guess, because I didn't think that it was going to be much of a bump. But it sure was. Yeah, he, he got knocked out cold completely from from what I heard, so it's scary. But he's at home, he is resting, and hopefully he'll he'll be all right. No issues, hopefully no concussion, nothing like that. Yeah, that's good. Now let's talk about Marshawn. He gets a $5,000 fine. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I, I don't even remember exactly what this is for. I think it was for a cross-check. Um, I don't remember on who, but I did see that it happened, and it's not, not, not that surprising. I'm not, I'm not really for suspending guys in playoff games unless it's something really bad. So... Just do do you know? Just dish out the fines if it's what you got to do. But if you know something egregious happens, ensure suspend them. But even with Marshawn being a repeat offender, like he didn't do anything that was just like crossing the line. Not you can't do that. So it's fair. So, you know, uh, fine is what it is. And he got to got to keep playing. Obviously, had one hell of a game. Yeah, and I uh, searched it up real quick. It was five thousand for slashing. Uh, Pyotr Kachkev. The oh goalie. yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah. but I looked up Marshawn 5k fine. That was the first one. The second one was Brandon Pross got fined $5,000 back in 2015 for spearing Marshawn. And he was quoted saying, that's the best money I've ever spent. What a guy. I, 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 I remember that actually. <laughs> what a guy. So Just, funny. Uh, you know, so funny. And I feel like at that time too, back in 2015, Marshawn was just the rat, the, player no one liked because at that time he wasn't blowing up on the stat sheet he wasn't uh that great player we know he is now so uh even better for press there yeah he was he was starting to become that guy but he really was just kind of like that bottom six middle six piss you off type player so yeah it was really before his superstar days for sure and finally chase let's talk about the draft lottery that is that that is this tuesday not that tuesday but this tuesday (laughs) that tuesday uh that's what i'm gonna be looking forward to obviously yeah, so it's always fun to see what happens, especially with what's going on uh, this year. You can you can only move up um, ten spots, and so only the top two teams that means have a chance, uh, or like top two picks have a chance of becoming like lottery picks. So if you're picking, um, so it's what one through one through eleven is, then you, you have a chance to move move up to the first overall pick. If you're picking twelve, you can only move up to two, and then um, you know thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, and sixteen. Those guys can move up, but they can only move up to you know, 13 to three or 14 to four or whatever. So it's gonna be a little different this year. Um, it increases the odds for the, for the worst teams, which 
this year a couple of those worst teams definitely need it you know the Montreal Canadiens the Arizona Coyotes the Seattle Kraken those those teams really need those higher picks so it's probably for the best but I still got a feeling that we're going to see at least one team that has come out of nowhere someone that's picking in like that 9 to, to 11 range is going to move up to number one yeah I'm sure hoping so because going into the past couple of draft lotteries there's been that excitement this year I am not as excited just because of all the rule changes they've made. Uh, I liked the three teams. I liked the possibility of, uh, you know, the 13th, 14th, and 15th team getting the first, second, and third picks. Uh, That's no longer the case. So uh, I get it, but at the same time, it kind of brings less excitement when it comes to the actual event. Yeah, sure it does, but it definitely makes more sense on trying to not give away you know, when you got a team that's really struggling and try, try, struggling to find their identity, like the Coyotes, if they end up just missing out on picks number one or number two or number three or whatever it ends up being, that's uh, kind of tough for them. It's hard for them to recover. So, like, I, I get it from both aspects. You know, I, I definitely am more of a fan of the worst teams having better odds, but I'm also kind of not against everybody having, you know, at least some sort of odds. Dude, I don't know what you're talking about because the Arizona Coyotes, they're – um, identity runs straight through Arizona State's ice arena. Like, oh yeah, that's yeah. Right. How can I forget? Of How course, forget? the multi-purpose arena at Arizona State. Oh, uh, that place is gonna be going so crazy when they only sell two thousand seats in the forty-five hundred dollar venue because people aren't paying ninety dollars per ticket to go see the Coyotes. Yeah. Uh. So okay. So the Coyotes are expected to get that second overall pick as of right now. Yeah. I wasn't and, quite sure where they were sitting. Uh, yeah, so which, which like they can only drop to four. And in draft class like this, it's 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 better off in a class like this for them. Where if, if they're going to move down, to be honest, they'd rather not move down next year if they're a bad team again because much better prizes at stake. Whereas this year, sure, if you miss out on Shane Wright, that sucks. But you could really make an argument that the guys in the two through seven range are all somewhat similar value. Uh, Chase, any predictions on who that nine through eleven team might be that jumps up to the number one? So I, I don't I don't know who's exactly in that range right off the top of my brain, but I really you know I I think they're eighth currently, but I do kind of have a feeling that the Detroit Red Wings are actually going to move up this year. They haven't moved up in quite, in quite a few years. They've been moved down every time. I got a feeling they're they're going to move up. I don't think to first. I think they're going to move up to second. Okay, that's a that's an interesting one. I would bet against that just because of their past uh, you know results, and I don't really believe in you know luck going both ways i think you either just get screwed and move on or you get lucky and just keep getting lucky detroit they've always been screwed i don't know if that's gonna be the case but uh buffalo is that nine team anaheim 11 or anaheim 10 san jose 11 so uh those are all teams that chase is looking at that possibly could move up i'm just hoping it's not like uh ottawa yeah if if one's gonna move up in that range i want it to be buffalo honestly because um, yeah. especially with next year bringing back the black and red jerseys, mm-hmm. I, I would I would love to see some some talent out of there. Yeah, Ottawa, New Jersey. Also, they got Jack Hughes and Nico Hischier. Um, I don't really think that they deserve another first overall pick. And I don't know if you saw this, but they um, so Tom Fitzgerald, the GM, made made a statement saying that they would be willing to trade the first over their their first round pick and and for like immediate impact player which I heavily disagree with that, especially if they end up moving up at all. Uh, you can't do that because they are not ready enough to do that. They kind of need a goalie over there. Yes, they, they definitely do need a goaltender. But unfortunately, that is also not the year for this. What if they just 
trade the first overall pick to like Florida for Sergio Borowski. I, that would be really random, and I would be heavily against that because that just means it's going to make winning for the freaking state of Florida even harder for Tampa Bay. Absolutely. Um, but I'm just trying to think of teams that have multiple goalies that would be willing to get rid of one. I feel like Florida would be interested in letting go of Bob, especially if it was with that price with Spencer Knight backing him up. Hear me out. Hear me out. Okay. Brian Elliott. Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, you should have thought about that one. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> All right, well, that's going to do it. We're going to move on to hockey name of the day now. Ender off with Corentin Cruchando. 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 Okay. Quarantine Cruchando. Like quarantine, like COVID. Yes. Okay. Yes. So so quarantine over here. He's a 23-year-old Frenchie playing in the French two league currently um for dunker q dunker i don't know how it's pronounced nice. something like that i don't know but he, he played some some games in the top league this last season in france but he'll be in the french two league next year um didn't really play any international games for them or anything like that just just kind of you know you're run-of-the-mill average european pro player and it reminds us of the i was gonna say good old days but quarantine wasn't necessarily the most fun Reminds you of the old days. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Reminds me of the old days. Perfect. Uh, all right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Bolts broadcast. want to thank you so much for coming out. And Chase, we'll hit you with an outro. All right. As always, want to thank you guys for listening. If you want to check us on Patreon, support us over there. We'd really appreciate it. If you want to follow us on Twitter at Bolts Broadcast, it's at Bolts Broadcast. You can follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. That's at HockeyPodNet. Follow at follow WMP on Twitter at WMP Sports Pod. That's WMP Sports Pod. Uh, make sure to talk to podcastnetwork.com. Find all the podcasts and network right there. Boom. Click the logo. Listen, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Wherever you're listening, you can rate us five stars. Send us your questions, comments, concerns. Really appreciate it. Wherever you do, your fifth use code THPN. It's time for DraftKings. Thanks so much for stopping by. We'll talk to you next time.